And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. Glad to be here. Well, it's nice to have you, John. Um, You know what? Uh, Our discussion today is quite interesting uh, to me personally, uh, because we're going to be talking about the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the the radio world, which which I follow, um, there's a whole group of... uh, Christians uh, that are kind of misguided, which uh, think that God has done with the church, um, and they've they've left all their churches. <laughs> yes, and and they gather together. They still gather together. It's kind of like a pseudo church for various studies, and they listen to their radio leader uh, mostly, and uh, just kind of follow him. It's kind of spun out of control, become a cult. Uh, and they're saying that we shouldn't uh, be baptized. Uh, we shouldn't have the Lord's Supper, and and that Satan is in all the churches. So you you know what group I'm talking about. But that got us thinking. You know, let's uh, step back and take a look today at the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does Scripture uh, teach about it, and um, regarding its permanence as well? And the question, uh, first of all, that I want to ask is simply this: What is the Church? You know. The church is so prominently mentioned in the New Testament. It it, it often, I think, escapes uh, uh, many, even serious Bible readers, how prominent the church is. The church, of course, is easily characterized in uh, 1 Corinthians and other places as the body of Christ. Hmm. Uh, The word church itself means uh, it could be traced from German uh, into English, and uh, it means the people that belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it means, uh, very simply, the people of God, mm-hmm. uh, those that belong to God through Jesus Christ and claim him as Lord. He is the head, and we are the body. Mm-hmm. Now, right away, I hear that, and I think, okay, this other group of individuals over here that say that God is done with the church would actually agree pretty much in what you said so far. Yes. Because they would parse this such that they would say, oh, God's got this invisible church, even though he's done with the so-called corporate church. Um, well, well, what is interesting about that yeah. is uh, you end up having uh, an ethereal church if you have simply this conception of some spiritual church. Mm-hmm. uh uh, what is that, the Church of the Angels? I don't know. They're corporate <laughs> spirits. Uh, no, the church is an embodiment of yeah. people. It actually is it, it's made up of flesh and blood. Jesus came into the world in flesh and blood. That's what I'm the thinking. The church is made up of flesh and blood, of yeah. real, genuine people in this world. So the church gets fleshed out. It's fleshed out. Yeah. It's incarnational, too. Yeah. God works in... In in his creation, he's making a new creation. So why wouldn't his church be enfleshed? That's yeah. why Jesus came. Secondly, the church is more than just people, by the way. It includes a message called the gospel. It includes helps and gifts and talents of people. It includes uh, the sacraments, the Lord's Supper and baptism. It even includes discipline, such as Submitting ourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ, mm. it includes many things, all the helps and gifts that God provides. So the church is people, it's a message, it's the quality of our fellowship, 
it's the presence of Christ mm-hmm. in our midst. Uh, uh, it, it's a marvelous, a, a marvelous institution. Mm-hmm. Let me let me just add this: uh, God created us a certain way, uh, Dan. Uh, we were created, and right away we see that two people were created, and they are created together in the image mm-hmm. of God. Now, the reason I'm saying that is that there's something has to do with communication. We we need another person. So we're not created alone. No man is an island. We are created to live in community. Mm. And what the church is is the new community that is built on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you could even see in some sense this in the light of nature. Aristotle talks about human. what is a human being, he says. Well, first of all, he says they are an intellectual being. Of course we are. We use our minds. We are distinguished from all the creatures of the field due to our rationality. But secondly, he goes on to say that we are social beings. We need other people to fulfill and enhance our lives. God made us that way, social mm-hmm. creatures. And from the very beginning, they were male and female, and so he mm-hmm. created them in his own image because God himself is one being but in three mm-hmm. persons. So therefore, since God in some sense is social, he has created us in his image to be social. Therefore, we need the body of Christ. It's absolutely essential for the Christian's welfare. Now, some people have a more quiet personality. There may be more loner-type people, and yet even they still need community. Absolutely. Fellowship, you know, I've been struck the last two years about fellowship. How much a part – fellowship is not something you add on. It is – Totally essential to the Christian's welfare. It's got to be there. Yeah. You can't submit to the wall. No. You can't love your brother in Christ unless you have a brother in Christ in mm. the church. Uh, you can't submit yourself to those who have authority over you in the gospel. I mean, on and on and on. I I, I don't understand the conception of people. It, it, it's should I say it ignores the most fundamental verses in the Bible Mm. to say you don't believe in the church. That's why the creed includes it. (laughs) I believe in the church, Yeah, says the creeds, the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, two fundamental creeds. And it's not some only merely invisible church that you can't get your arms around. That's a Platonic (laughs) idealism. Jesus Jesus came in the flesh and his church is to be lived out in our fleshly existence. And then who is he coming for? Says every eye shall see him. Yes, good point. Hey, with that, we're going to take a short break. Today we're talking about the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me today is Dr. John Van. Stay with us. We'll be right back. No longer stirs 
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we're talking about the church. And what prompted this discussion today is um, a radio personality who has been influencing actually a number of Christians to leave their churches to uh, say that uh, the works going on there are not of God, not of the Holy Spirit, but ascribing these works to Satan and that we should have nothing to do with the church. And as we continue here today, uh, joining me is Dr. John Vance. And, um, John, we could say then that, uh, picking up from where we left off, that the church is necessary, and also I've heard the term one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Could you explain that a little bit? Well, those words and terms are found in the Nicene Creed, just the way you you said it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, two things about them. Number one, historically, they've been called the marks of the church. Hmm. And number two, each one has a certain significance that goes to the essence of what the church is. Each one modifies the word church, one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Hmm. So there are four historical marks to the church that tell us what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is. Mm-hmm. We started this whole discussion by mentioning a group of folks that's kind of scattered around the United States uh, who claim that God is done with the church. You don't have to be a member. Uh, It's all uh, kind of like a virtual type of a thing, virtual reality. Yes, yes. (laughs) You don't have to get together. There's no pastors. There's Mm. no elders. There's no discipline. There's no Lord's Supper. There's no baptism. Uh, Despite the fact that Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel and baptize. <laughs> <laughs> that church that you're talking yeah. about is, quote, it must be the, the Church of the Airwaves. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Uh, little bits uh, of uh, energy bouncing around the globe <laughs> without actually any fellowship. No, it, it's, it's certainly not the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ no. that we read about no. in the Scriptures and that the Nicene Creed talks about. Um, let's talk about uh, the oneness. You mentioned... One Holy Catholic Apostolic Church. 
help us understand the the oneness. The of oneness this. actually speaks to the head. Since there is one head, there's only one body. Jesus established only one church. Now, what that means is that this church is identified with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I like what the Westminster uh, Confession of Faith talks about. The church uh, is constituted by all of those who come to know Christ and their children and are together in fellowship. Mm-hmm. So that is important. Um, as far as organizational unity goes, of course, the organizational unity is a given. God must give it. We, we have all of these efforts to try to get everybody together organizationally. I'm mm-hmm. not even sure uh, that that was true in the New Testament. You see various groups and centers. James formed one. Peter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have churches in Galatia. You have churches in various places, and they were in communion, but they were not all organizationally. They, they weren't identical in, no, to each other, no. were they? A lot of diversity. On yeah. the other hand, what made them one was their head mm. and the grace that comes through him. Uh, and so I like what Martin Luther did at the Reformation He's, when he talked about where is the church, of course. He, mm-hmm. it, this might be deficient in some ways, but it gets at the point. He says the church is where the gospel of Christ is preached and where the sacraments are rightly administered. Uh, and so, therefore, you do have a church around those elements. You said that quick. Go a little slower. The there. oneness of the church, of course, uh, has to do with our relationship to Christ, the one mm. head, and not so much an organizational unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, oneness is a given, a gift from God, mm. and it's by his grace. But it has to do with the message. We all yeah. accept the one message. We bow to one Lord, and we have one system of sacraments. We have two sacraments, of course, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And so whatever Christ instituted and following him, that is our oneness. Yeah. It's our fellowship together. I have fellowship with you. Now, we also this is an organizational fellowship, though. It's not just Indeed. like a bunch of Christians gathering together in Yankee Stadium to hear yeah. Billy Graham. It's a group of believers under discipline. They have leaders that they mm-hmm. can submit to. They have brothers and sisters that they can fellowship with. And they have the ministers of the gospel uh, who officiate in baptism and the Lord's Supper. Mm. So it, it is it is incarnational and organizational, yeah, but no particular organization. Okay, that's helpful. The uh, church is one, and um, it's holy. Um, what do we mean by its by its holiness? We are sanctified too by the head. It means we're set apart. Holiness. You know, you look at the average Christian's life and. You you will see and observe uh, some defects, some serious serious defects at times. I don't see any in you, Pastor Vince. <laughs> As I Just heard kidding. my old country preacher say one time, he says the the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. <laughs> uh, but our holiness, meaning that Jesus sanctifies us, His atonement when He died for us, His church. There's a sanctifying. We have our standing before God solely through his divine justification, and we have our life in him, which more and more we die into our sins yeah. and grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. So that's how it fleshes out, isn't it? Um, we we enter into relationship with Jesus. We believe on the Lord Jesus. We may have been, uh, from our 
earliest days raised up in a Christian home mm-hmm. and, and kind of rather slowly believed in Jesus. Um, but there's that starting point. We um, are formed more and more into his likeness, and yes. that's the sanctification. Through the word and through the sacraments and through the fellowship. Do we ever totally arrive? Well, not really. Uh, mm. We make progress, but we never attain in this life. Mm. Paul says he presses on toward that mark, mm-hmm. having not yet attained. But in the resurrection, of course, we do. We are mm. instantaneously glorified and wholly sanctified in Christ. Mm. Uh, one of the interesting things uh, about the church is that it's necessary for this reason. Not only are we, we are restored to the head – of the church Jesus, but we are mm-hmm. restored to our brother and our sister. So the two great commandments of the Old Testament, love God and love neighbor, mm-hmm. are fulfilled in the church. Mm-hmm. Well put, well put. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking um, we may have a listener today that has been exposed to this uh, emphasis that God has done with his church and uh, maybe innocently got caught up in that. You know, it often works this way, by the way, is um, – and I'm sure you've seen it, um, a Christian will, will, will get hurt. You know, for whatever reasons, he or she will be hurt, and they'll leave the church. And it's such a temptation at that point to say, well, God must be done with the church. Yes. Sure enough, mm. I got hurt, and, and maybe they went to another church, and, and there they got hurt too. Uh, God must be done with the church. And uh, I want to offer some hope today to those who maybe actually have been hurt and, you know, we, we've failed as your Christian brothers and mm-hmm, sisters mm-hmm. In, in, in loving you in the body, but encourage you to return to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What steps could be taken by that person? To- you, you know, in families, uh, the primary unit that God has created, we get hurt in them. Mm. Uh we offend our children. Our children offend us. Uh, I have uh, w- embarrassed myself. Uh, I've had to apologize to my wife mm-hmm. and uh, and so forth for my behaviors through the years. But what is important is there's a bond there that keeps me coming back. And I actually yeah. think that I'm a better person practically today than it I was when true. we were first married. Now, has it been easy? No. But mm-hmm. it's sanctifying. How much more is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ when I'm called to live together in love mm. and truth in the church, in yeah. the bond of love? Yeah. With other, it's sanctifying. It makes me a better person, a fuller, wholer mm. person. This is the Spirit's work in all of our lives. Mm. So I guess it's kind of a simple message. If you're out there and uh, you've kind of given up on the church to um, – to return home. To return home. <laughs> and it's realize it's, fellowship. it's not going to be perfect this side of eternity. You know, I heard a quote. Some <laughs> people don't like this quote, but I kind of like it in a way. It's a very simple one. Uh, one of the historic images of the church is Noah's Ark, and someone has said the church is like Noah's Ark. You couldn't stand the smell on the inside if it weren't for the conditions on the outside. Yeah, that's well put. <laughs> now, the church has its problems, practically speaking. Yeah. But let me tell you, that fellowship is a lot sweeter than what you'll find in the world. Yeah, so very true. How often it is that um, you're hurt in this world and you go to church and God soothes your heart there and he speaks peace and grace to your heart that you needed as you 
sat under the preaching of his most holy word, and that you um, partook of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper in covenant renewal. It's a gracious act. Mm -hmm. Um, What about this um, thing of Catholic and apostolic? Well, those are two terms uh, that are important. Um, The word Catholic is often understood to have a synonym, and that synonym is universal. Hmm. That's true and not true. The word Catholic is a fuller word than the word universal, and Christians used it early on. It comes from the Greek. So first of all, it's a good word. It's a great word. (laughs) Okay. It's a necessary word. There's no other word quite like it to describe uh, the church, and here's Mm -hmm. why. Because it includes all of those people that have died in the Lord. I'm still... I'm still part of them and part of their heritage. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that in the resurrection. Oh, amen. It includes all of those in the future mm. who are to come. And that's the reason that the Westminster Confession, for instance, in one place describes the church as the whole body of the elect, mm-hmm. past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. The word universal usually only means present, all those that are presently alive. But the word Catholic includes the past, okay. the present, and the future, because God is not confined to one dimension. And that's why it's truly a, a fuller word than just yes. simply saying but universal. But more than that, the word Catholic includes a message called mm-hmm. gospel mm-hmm. and helps. It, it includes people, message. It includes activity, ministering in the name of Christ. It includes the sacraments. So all of those things are packed into that word. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's a whole way of life that the people of God live. Mm-hmm. The way we worship, do everything. And and the word apostolic has to do with the, the authority that the church has. Mm-hmm. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a legislative body, but it does have two important bits of authority, if you will. Uh, first of all, we use the word apostolic because we believe that we're ministering in the name of Jesus Christ, after the manner of the apostles. They set the tempo and the pattern for ministry. Paul even says, imitate me. And they were concerned that we'd be able to look to the apostles who formed the foundation of the church. So we're recognizing that the Lord laid a foundation in these apostles and gave them a ministry that they pass on to us, historically. Mm -hmm. Moreover, We have authority, number one, uh, to do two things. First of all, uh, to minister in the name of Christ. What Jesus did and what the apostles do, we have the same authority to do. So therefore, we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, We also have in in the word, uh, I'll use two terms, ministerial and declarative. We can declare the scriptures and teach them, and we can minister and love people in Christ's name. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what the church is to do. It's no, beautiful. No other, no other institution on the face no. of the earth has that privilege. It's unique. And if we don't do it as a church, guess what? <laughs> There's no other society to There's do it. There's a vacuum without it. Yeah. We started this discussion by mentioning that there's sort of a small cult movement of folks that feel that Satan is in all the churches, that God has abandoned his bride and... Um, it seems bizarre to even state it that way, but that's exactly what this group is, is believing. But when you describe the church, it is so clear that it's absolutely necessary. 
It flows from the Scriptures. It is indeed the one holy Catholic apostolic church, as the Nicene Creed tells us. And uh, we've gone over the oneness, the holiness, the uh, Catholic nature of it, the apostolicity of it. Uh, this is this is some good stuff here. You know, it's interesting that nowhere in the New Testament will you ever find that Satan has power in the church. Mm. What you do find is that he is the prince of power of the air. He's in yeah. the world, yeah. not in the church. Yeah. So the group that you're talking about is uh, is what what jumping out of a few problems that Christians have may be influenced <laughs> by Satan jumping out of the frying pan into the fire where the Satan yes. really is. There's no protection where they are in the world. They are. In fact, when discipline is organized in First Corinthians seven, the man who is immoral and will not repent is actually put out into the world. Oh, that's a good point. So there is the church, the fellowship of Jesus, and then there is the world, which is fellowship, if you will, yeah. with with unbelief and Satan. There's kind of no in-between. There, There's not. <laughs> Today we're talking about the church. If you have a question about this discussion, uh, please email us your question. The email address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org also this entire broadcast will be posted to our website under the link programming a plain answer those podcasts are linked to iTunes so if you have one of these little iTunes players you can go to the iTunes store download them for free to your iPod and listen to them at any time uh, just a quick wrap-up thought as we close. I see that we've run out of time already today. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would close with this, with uh, with what St. Augustine says in The City of God. He says, On earth there are two societies, or two cities, and they are formed by loves. One love for God, but the other society is formed by love for self. Mm. Now, where are you going to cast your lot? Mm-hmm. I'm going to cast my lot is love for God and love for neighbor in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. With that, we're well out of time. Thank you for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer. I'm Dan Elmendorf. I've been joined with Dr. John Vance. May our Lord richly bless you today with his grace and his peace as you serve him.